Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast back once again, bringing you dregs, dearth, and some interesting tidbits from all around the internet. We have looked it up so you don't have to. You just need to decide whether it is worth remembering at all. I can't make that decision for you, though. What I can do is bring you three things on my end. I've got stuff about birds, cats, and commies. Connor is also here. What do you have, Con? We're going to talk about a life-saving parrot. I'm a big, big fan of a life-saving parrot, so I want to tell you his story. Uh, flushing the toilet and something to bear in mind. And what bears are up to when it comes to pooing. And for almost the last time, dear Mark remains with us. What do you have? Hey, I've still got three to Thank go. bloody God. All right, all right. Three to go for me. Uh, right, this week, learnings account with the Babylonians. Don't make the same mistake this lawyer did. And how JFK made sure that he beat a ban. So a lot going on. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So just before we I really get help. into it... Yeah. Uh, are you going to say what I'm going to say, Connor? Just before we get into it, two things I need to uh, inquire about. What? You know, we're all sad that you're going, Mark. But are you, are you like? Are you doing a, a soft out? Are you are you easing the burden on us that we're losing you by bringing us such delights and teases as counting with the Babylonians? Well, you know me. I've got to go out with a bang. I've got to find the most... It, Do you it, know what? It's almost harder finding facts now because mm. I feel like I need the most Mark facts possible that are out there. So I'm searching harder, Do you know higher what, and lower than ever to find facts that epitomise me. I, uh, I hope that we have confirmed that we, you know, in your future life will be part of it, Mark. You know, when you get married, we'll probably be best men and ushers, me and Dan, and, you know, we, we've, we've made all that happen. But, but I just wanted to, yeah, maybe. But I just wanted to say to you, mate, it's time. It is time for you to depart. I think, which is sad, but you know, after the Babylonian teasing fact, this could be the end. Uh, Connor, I also wanted to raise something with you. You're a big fan of a life-saving parrot. Are you as big a fan mm. of a life-saving mouse or bear or human, or is it very specifically a life-saving parrot that you're interested in? Life-saving parrot. Yeah, saw this fact. Thought the parrot was cool. Enjoyed the parrot. Saved their life. Pretty much giving you the fact here. But it's good. Well, you've given us half of it. Take it away, Connor. Okay, right. Let's start with the life-saving parrot. So, there was a parrot. The parrot was called Willie. Now, they say he's called Willie. I believe they're just using that so he doesn't become too famous. And uh, apparently, this parrot once alerted its owner, Megan, when a toddler she was babysitting began to choke. 
The parrot violently flapped its wings while screaming, Mama baby, Mama baby, as the kid turned blue. Megan rushed over and saved the girl's life. And it was confirmed that without the parrot, the girl, 100%, would have sadly passed away. A few things to mention. Mm. I I don't, Mm. you know, uh, it's an amazing story. I think many animals do a similar kind of thing. I... I'm not having that the parrot said mama baby. I don't believe that. Well, there's ex- a lot of articles on it and all of which use the, the you know the same quote that it said mama baby, mama baby, probably not in that way, more like mama baby. I don't know, you know, in a parrot's yeah. voice. Um, which is fair, but that's meaningless because they're all, they're only it's only that there all those articles are using one person's quote. It's the fact that she has said this. And if you discover that your baby is choking, you're going through a lot. If you hear a parrot squawking, perhaps you're reading quite a lot into that. I do not buy that the parrot actually said mama baby. Yeah. Uh, just more like violently flapped. And then the, the mum kind of looked in the direction of the parrot and was like, oh, shit, my baby's choking and then saved it. And the mama baby's been given to kind of make the story loads better. Yeah, it's one of those, yeah. one of those I mean, which is perfectly nice to make it sound good and sell newspapers. But did it happen? I mean, parrots can mimic you. Fine. If you swear a lot, a parrot might be sweary. That's funny. Great. Parrot does not learn language and be able to communicate with you like a human. I'm sorry. That doesn't happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, you know, it's a fantastic story without that. I think maybe the reason that it's got that little added colour is because there are probably quite a lot of stories oh, i see what you're pets. saying so in terms of in terms of what actually the parrot mm. is capable of doing the parrot usually mimics as opposed to shows awareness of a situation to then alert people that's what you're trying to yeah, get yeah. i see uh, we, I, I think so i you know i mark and i don't strictly know but i don't know what parrots can do i'm sure they can learn words but i don't really think that in that speedy amount of time it can draw on its vocabulary to accurately say mama baby what i think might have happened is you know I just set my Alexa off doing that. Um, is that the this all happened and maybe in her stress, the mum thought she heard "Mama, baby," and she said that, and then it's been quoted and it's become this huge story. Where, as I mentioned, I reckon quite a lot of pets notify their owners quite a lot of the time when kids are having a bad old time choking or whatever, and this just adds a nice little colour. So, although it's a good story, I think it's probably ten to the dozen. I would say, Mark. Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying it. Unless Mama Baby happened to be like the phrase that she said all the time and it happened to perfectly fit in this situation. Unless she just went around every time and be like, oh, Mama Baby. And suddenly the parrot picks it up. It's not learning language why and saying she... it for the first time. I don't know why she's why Italian, she Italian, Daniel. I don't know. Just seems like the sort of phrase an Italian old woman would say is she's making pasta. Why? Why is the woman old if she's got a baby? Surely that means she's probably not that old. I don't. I don't know. We're picking holes in this story where we don't need to be picking them. Let's just say the parrot never said. Do this. we? Uh, are we going to talk about the the name Willy? Nah, just leave that out. It's fine. Right. I I don't want to. You know, I, I feel we've we've stuck out for three odd years of not being too puerile. I think I think they're, they're you know I enjoy the word Willy, and there might be people listening called Willy. So fair play to you, and you know. I'm an optimist. I like to look at the positive side of things. Hopefully, this is true. She did say mama baby. And miracles can happen. I'm just, I'm just not quite buying it. But thank you for bringing it to the table. Uh, Mark, not got long to go. Make sure this is good. I mean, so no, much pressure on the poor man. No pressure. 
The reason an hour is split into 60 minutes is thanks to how Babylonians counted differently on their own hands. Isn't it just because it was, it, it's divisible by the most amount of things? That is part of it, but the whole reason that being divisible by uh, 60 came about is to do with how Babylonians counted. So, Connor, if you were to count on your hands, right, how would you count? Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So finger by finger. Right. Finger by finger, you'd go one to ten. The Babylonians could count to mm-hmm. 60. They did it differently. Idiots. The way Fools. they did it... Are they was, around? Who's really won the war here? It falls. They would use two hands very cleverly. So, if you look at your fingers, you'll see that on your fingers, you basically have three bits to each finger, yeah? Three different joints on each finger. That would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve on one hand. Then, on the other hand, you'd go, right, I've got to 12, put up a thumb. Then you'd start again, and you'd get to 12, 24, etc., all the way up to 60. That is why a lot of things are divisible by 12 or divisible by 60. For example, 24 hours in a day, 360 degrees in a circle, 12 inches in a foot, 60 minutes in an hour, because the Babylonians counted differently on their hands. That's good. Yeah, it's an interesting... <sighs> An interesting and confusing way of counting. What were they doing that means they always needed to count to 60? It, uh, how, like, it was in just your life, did. when do you ever need to count above 10? See, this is the thing. Now decimals in place, we all count by 10. But you're absolutely right what you said originally. That 10 isn't a number that divides easily by all of this. If you look at, you know, 24, for example, 24 hours in a day, divides by 2, 3, 4, 6, 8, and 12. So if you're counting things in 12s and you can get to 24, you can get to 60, you can get to 360 for, you know, degrees in a full circle. You can count it a lot easier if you're using the Babylonian way of counting on your hands. What happens to the other thumb? For some reason, it just gets unused. I'm not entirely sure why. They just don't use it. I think sometimes we look back on what... uh, Sometimes we look back on what the older people did and we think that that is absolutely genius that it can't be surpassed i think we've had it wise to use 10 fingers on our hands and count to 10 with them as opposed to doing uh, three six nine twelve yeah. because also you can count I think to what seven frustrates me as well is it why stop? right you count to yeah. seven and you stop if you want to count to seven in the babylonian technique you're going one two three four five six seven but there's nothing to demonstrate that that's where you've got to but also as well, I'm just like confused as to why they've got rid of a thumb as well. I'm like, I don't know. If you're going to, like, I, I don't know. It just, it makes sense. I understand it, but it just doesn't make sense in the same breath in terms of like, why has a thumb disappeared and you might added that to the counting? Maybe. And why I, would you count like you just said? It doesn't, you know, you'd lose your place. Maybe. And I'm guessing now, I'll be honest, I'm guessing maybe the thumb was used to count. One, two, three four, five, six. So you'd use that same thumb on your hand because if your other mm. one's being used for how many sets of 12s you've got through, you can't use that hand. So you'd actually use the thumb next to the four fingers you're counting to count along. Mm. That's a guess. It's purely, also, purely a guess, but perhaps that's the reason. You know, when you, when, you, when you become an adult, you can count in your head. Like it's quite easy to count yeah. in your head. Yeah. You only need to count on your fingers when you're young and surely introducing this... It's confusing. Baffling way of doing it. It's confusing for the kids. I feel like that's probably why it changed. Probably why they made it easier and just went, just, just count one to ten. What an arrogant person, you, you have to admit, the, the, who decided to count 
in tens and do decimalization when you had like thousands of years worth of history before and you think you know well that's not good enough i'm gonna do it my way you've got 10 fingers yeah. you're gonna use them to count like an absolute sane person yeah um i am with you i agree with you wholeheartedly but it does mean that you can count to 60 without actually having to get to 10 and then go hang on how many sets of tens have i done in your head six it's just easy. It's yeah, quite, it's but, quite but straightforward. What if you forget? What if you get to three and then you're like, I don't know, and suddenly you can't look at your hands anymore because your hands are just showing a seven. Is that thirty-seven? Is it twenty-seven? Is it forty-seven? You don't know. With the Babylonian technique, you know how many sets you've gone through. How many fingers do we have to take until you leave the show? Um, I have one fingers worth left of shows. Three. Great, including uh, today. And I'll show you what finger that'll be, Mark. Right. First fact of the show for me. There is an idea, there has been an idea, there might still be an idea of using cats to show when humans are near radiation. Near radiation? Is it because the cat slowly starts turning green? Well, you're, you're uh. on the right lines. You're on the right lines. Um, this was an idea that was kind of posited a long time ago, and there are still mumblings of it happening on the internet. There has been ideas near sites where there is heavy radiation because of maybe some disaster of breeding radiation cats that would change colour when they came near radioactive sites. Surely that's harmful Isn't for it... the cats. Sorry, say that again, Mark? Surely that's harmful for the cats. Yeah, I would think so, but I guess the idea is is that if they change colour to red or whatever it is, I, I can't actually ever find the colour. This is like... It, 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 looking at this online, you, you're, you're wrapped in layers of an onion. You really are without ever actually finding the colours. Maybe they change colour quite quickly, so then you realise it's so then you hightail it out of there. Wasn't there a thing, I don't know if this links with it, because radiotherapy or chemo or whatever, but where animals could smell cancer as well, or smell a patient or, or something. Does that link with this? I feel like we've spoken about that on the show. Uh, I don't know if they're sh smelling, again, I, I don't know, but I would guess, are they smelling the cancer or are they smelling other changes in your body that are because of that? But this has been an idea that's been around for quite a few years and it's mm. hopefully going to, they want it, experts want it to develop in even more years. There are a series of warnings in, concept, in, in different types of cats that would change colour in the presence of radiation. And there so is even actual, a... Their actual fur, their actual fur changes colour. Yeah, allegedly, that's the idea. And there is a um... seems kind of mad to me, doesn't it? So literally, they so so they turn so they're black. They could turn purple, hypothetically. All their fur, everything purple, purple cat. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. From what I can make it out, I mean, it's not like that. That there, there is a specific color. It's not just randomly changing color. It might be going to green, you know, or whatever it is. If you're in the presence of a little bit of radiation, and red, if you're in lots of radiation. And you know the song Ring right. a Ring of Roses, a pocket full of poses, a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down, and other nursery rhymes. Uh, big proponents of this idea have tried to make nursery rhyme style songs to make you remember that your cat might change colour. Some of the lyrics right. don't change colour, kitty, keep your colour, kitty, stay that pretty grey, don't change colour, kitty, keep your colour, kitty, keep sickness away. Don't change colour kitty, keep your colour kitty, because if you do, or glow your luminescent eyes, we're all going to have to move. Dodgy rhyme at the end there, but this is an idea that's floating around. I mean, I can see the logic behind it, it, but... 
I'm, I'm not for It this. seems preposterous to me, but I can see the logic, but it seems very, very, very strange. I've never heard of anything like that before, but it seems so wild that it's almost true, but I can't imagine a cat changing colour fur-wise. It's crazy. Unless there must be a chemical, like I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think about how that's possible. Radio, if it can smell or it changes colour when it's around that, does the chemical that maybe that creates change the colour of certain mm. fur, maybe? Yeah, so I imagine so. It'll be bred like this. Uh, it's obviously quite cool to the cat, and I'm a cat lover, so I don't like this. Also, we already have instruments that do this anyway. There's the Geiger counter. Why can't houses just have a Geiger counter that tells you what the radiation's like without having to resort so to the strange... strap a Geiger counter to a cat? Yeah, but, uh, but, yeah, yeah. but why, that seems a lot why, easier why than we breeding cat? cats specifically for this. Just strap a Geiger counter to a cat if you're so fixated on using a cat. It does seem like a very baffling idea. I, I'm trying to think of what animal I would be fine. It couldn't be a dog because everyone likes dogs and dogs, dogs are too excitable. You can't, you know, you can't like control it to go in a certain place or anything just because they're... they're I mean, they can, but you know, they're so... It's so excitable. You don't want to see like a really happy chipper puppy coming back and telling you that you're on death's door because there's too much radiation on the way. You don't. I, know, want I feel like, like if all the animals puppy. to tell me that I'm on death's door, cute puppy will make it better. Yeah, maybe I like a know. turtle because it'd be quite like. Yeah, but you're not getting that message for ages. By the time no, the turtle's no, waddled its way back to you. Hey, dude. Well, like maybe maybe the wow out of elf. The whale out of elf. The whale out of maybe. elf. Useless yeah. if you don't eat water. Hey, hey buddy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good one. So we don't want dogs or cats. We want to tell us that there might be radiation around. Very specifically, we want the animated whale from a kid's film yep. that you see once a year. Yep, ranked in my Christmas uh, film <laughs> rankings at two. Okay, we might have discussed this. What was number one? Uh, no, we'd have to wait till Christmas time. <laughs> Keep you there. Ah, uh, well, Mark, Mark's going to have gone. I'll still be Yeah, listening. that's fine. He can listen back. I'll still be listening. Yeah, of course you will. Oh, good. That means I've got 10 months to try and make a Cheaper by the Dozen Christmas special. It'll happen. It'll happen. I will disrupt that top five. I will disrupt it. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. When you flush the toilet, you may be flushing. Well, not not wrong as such, but not in the most hygienic way. It's best to put the lid down before flushing. Uh, flushing your toilet actually sends fetal matter and other bacteria flying around your bathroom. Right. This opens up a whole can of worms that I have a big issue with, which is general toilet hygiene etiquette. So much of what you do is, is wrong. Like If you go into a public toilet, you know, you wash your hands, but then you open the door. Someone before you might not have washed their hands before they open the door. Like, there's so much going on. Like, am I doing it in the best way? The thing that really baffles me, and it's slightly to get away from your fact, but do you know, have you ever been in the toilet with those men who do a massive show about washing their hands? You know, they'll run the water, but they won't actually wash their hands. Have you ever seen these people? Yeah. Run the water and then not actually wash their hands. Yeah. I yeah, think, they like, don't really do it, much. Yeah, well, they don't even put it because it's like they don't want to wash their hands just because I don't know they're, they're lazy. They know that you're in the because they but they know that you're in the toilet with them in the public loo, so they want to give the impression that they're washing their hands. So they turn the water on, but then they don't actually do it. Like I can't quite figure out the I, logic behind that, but no, it's quite mental. There is no logic behind that because at that point you might as well just wash your hands because you're exactly. not saving Another, time. Um, to exist. 
another flush chin thing to bear in mind, um, and I do know about this firsthand, is when you when you drop it off at school, flush instantly. Don't leave it sitting. Get rid of it. Goodbye. But, then the smell uh, won't appear as much. Well, but I guess the point there is, well, one, how long are people leaving it to linger? But what if it's not the end of the train? What if there are still... Just, just, just... Just, you know, well, with me, usually it's a, you know, a good 20 minute ritual. So it, it's a process. It's not just, you know, off you go, bang, bye, goodbye, wash the hands out, we go in, in two minutes. That's never, ever been the case for me. For you, yeah, maybe that. They're two minutes, fine. But just make sure you put the toilet seat down before you flush. You don't want all the little uh, poop particles flying around your, your newly decorated this, uh, bathroom. Or your bedroom this in your case saying. when you're at the poo palace. Yeah. Oh, exactly. That's why the whole room just stunk of constant poo because it was obviously attaching to the to the fibres of my bed sheets. Did you ever find that an issue when you you were thinking of taking a lady friend back? High ventilation, don't shit in front of a lady, and you know, crack a window here and there, and scented candles, M and S for the best Did- kind. The uh, there is a good poo candle, M and S. I think it might be the oak one, quite strong. Did any? Curl, you brought him ever raise an eyebrow at the fact you had a, an, an exposed toilet in your bedroom? Yeah, every time. Are oh, you a weirdo? Um, why is this here? Um, is there a reason for this? And just blamed it on my dad. And then, yeah, they probably never saw me again. It's all fine. You you were saying that you need to flush straight away. But as as I mean, if I'm sat there, if I've done one, but I think I'm only halfway through, but it might be a little while. Am I flushing there? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, just flush. Flush, just flush as quick and as often as possible. Then the system's got to fill yeah. up. And then I might be left with a situation where because the system isn't full enough for me to flush the last go, it's sat there for ages. Sounds like in this scenario, you might be suffering from a little bit of anxiety, thinking into it a little bit too much. I think just flush when the lands. If there's more on the way, I always find as well a good wipe to help you understand where you're at. I very much enjoyed, uh, you know, we sometimes dance delicately around the subject, but you literally just said, <laughs> flush as soon as you <laughs> Mark, give us your second flush fact as soon as you Let me tell you about potentially the worst deal a lawyer has ever made. So, at 90 years old with no living heirs, Jean Calmin signed a contract to sell her apartment to lawyer André-Francois Raffray. What he didn't know was she was going to become the eldest human to ever live. He ended up dying before her, just paid his, just paid her rent for 30 years, then died, didn't even get the house afterwards. This right. is luck though, right? She had no clue. No, she had no clue, exactly. So the, so the deal that was signed was that she could live in the apartment for the rest of her life, and this guy, André-Francois Raffray, would pay her rent until she died. He made this deal with her when she was 90. He was 57, okay? So he paid £330 a month for her to live in this place so he could live in it after she died. She lived to the age of 122, the eldest human to ever live. He died aged 77, two years before she died. Sometimes these things don't seem believable because it's like, why, why is the oldest person that ever lived somebody that has this weird thing also happening within their life, you know, like mm. that adds up to this crazy story. You know, the eldest person that ever lived also had this weird sign thing with her. It's just sometimes doesn't make sense, but still great. I wonder What was so special was about just... the flat? Why did he want it? He just thought it was really nice. Thought it was a lovely house. She had no heirs. He was her lawyer and went, I really like your house. I'll buy it off you afterwards. 
And it was a deal that apparently is very common in France where you buy her in what's called a contingency contract. So you buy the house there and then by saying, I will pay until you die. So that's part of the contract. So that's what he signed. Uh, the good news is that his family could then live in it. So his family continued to pay the rent for the two years between uh, Andre Francois dying and Jean dying. And then the family could move into it. But he himself never got that house. Sounds a bit like claptrap to me. Like, what, what is the point? Why, why do you need to pay her rent? Why can't you just say, look, when you, when you die and you're going to die one day, why can't I, you know, just sign a contract so I can have your house and I'll pay for it and the money will go towards, you know, whatever. Well, why it's, why it's do I need to pay common, for your rent? Isn't there a better a way ve- to do it? Probably, yeah, but it's a very common thing in France. So, yes, Absolutely. here in the UK it seems weird, but in France very normal. I don't know. It's, I'm a, uh, it's a bit rum for me. A bit rum. Not sure how I like it. Full marks to her. Anyone that, yeah, full marks to her. Any old woman that can get a, you know, one, one over on the old lawyer I'm a big fan of. It's also, so it's, a, mm, so. I like her. So, so the other thing that I should explain, so when you buy this flat or buy this house, you don't pay the money. You just inherit it on the basis of you will pay for them till the end of their time. So if, for example, uh, you were dying, Dan, and you had no one to give your house to, I could say to you, right, I'll take your house off you, but rather than paying you for your house, I will just pay your rent from now to when you die. So there's no actual sale of the if house. If, I just yeah, cover your rent. But if That's you're, it. But if you're paying my rent, does that, so does this mean, was it owned by a landlord? That's a very good question, Dan. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm honest with you. Because if you're 90 years old and you're still paying off a mortgage, something's gone wrong there. Yes, very true. If you're renting, then, you know, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe it's like a clause for the landlord to get involved. I, I don't know. But fair play to her. What's her name? Uh, Jean Calment. Great name. Jean. Good old Jean. Jean Calment. Well done. Second fact of the show for me. Have you seen the film It's a Wonderful Life, another Christmas film? Uh, I think nope. I've seen bits of it. I don't think I've ever seen the whole of it. Well, it's widely regarded as one of the best Christmas movies ever. It's quite long. It's, there's a lot of miserable life before you had to get to the wonderful bit. Basically, it's about a guy who... Uh, it's an old-fashioned film about a guy who everyone in the community really likes him. And through a series of events, he can never get up and move and travel the world, which is what he always wants to do. And then the bank that he owns that he's taken over from his dad ends up getting foreclosed because they own a lot of money and he goes to kill himself. And then an angel comes and says, hang on, before you kill yourself, let me look back on your life as if you hadn't have been there. And then it turns out it would have all been a show. So he stays alive because he realizes that it's the small things that make a big difference. Anyway, the bad guy in the film really is Mr. Potter, who is a banker who wants to take the bank building and the bank off. Um, uh, the leading guy, I can't remember his name, whoever Jimmy Carr is. Not Jimmy Carr. Anyway, we'll move on. The, the bad Carr's guy is not Jimmy Carr. No, the bad guy is, the, is Jimmy Stewart, maybe? The bad guy is the banker, Mr. Potter. And because of that, we've got there. In 1947, the FBI issued a memo saying that the film It's a Wonderful Life, one of the most famous movies in history, was actually a communist trick, that it was a communist film, that it must have been planted uh, because it's trying to discredit bankers because the bad guy in the movie is a 
banker, Mr. Potter. That means the film is against capitalism, so it must be a communist film planted by them in in, in an attempt to undermine society. If, like me, you got lost at Jimmy Carr, you're not alone. Just throwing that out there. I think the minute that was mentioned, my whole head went James. Very weird. Is Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Sorry, Jimmy Stewart. I can't remember his character's name. Uh, George Bailey. George Bailey. The Bailey Buildings and Loans, I think, is what it's called. Someone else will know the film a lot better than I do. But basically, the villain in the piece, as they are in many films, you have to remember, like in Mary Poppins, the villains are the bankers. Um, Mm. And I think this was a common trope, and the FBI were very worried about that because they thought, well, it must be communists trying to infiltrate Hollywood to say that capitalism is bad and that it's all the bankers' fault because they want to espouse the communist cause. So the FBI said that the most one of the most famous movies in the history was actually a communist slur. There we go. How did mm. they decide whether it was just a communist slur or someone who just decided a banker was going to be an evil man? I don't I never know these things really. I, I never know. I think it's just they say something and it just it just gets lost through the years and people forget about it. Connor, I know that you were absolutely encapsulated by that fact. Have you got any questions? No, I was just more trying to understand how Jimmy Carr fit into it, and that's where my mind is still stuck at. So Jimmy I do apologise. Get no, Jimmy imagining... Carr out. It's not Jimmy no, Carr. No, I know. But the thing is, when you accidentally say that, then my head's like, right, okay, here we are. We're imagining Jimmy Carr in this, and I'm enjoying that right now, so you can leave me be. Well, it is a good film. So when it gets to Christmas in a few months' time, uh, well, 10, 11, 9 months' time, just remember, though, while it is good, it's a long old film and there's a lot of miserableness before you get to the wonderful life, okay? Just remember that. A lot of life before you get to the wonderful. And it's communist propaganda. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts, friends of mine, and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, last fact of the show. Um, just a little update, Mark. Any more developments on your 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 leaving? Are we having a party? Are we having a do? Do we get to push you off a you know take you on a long walk to the end of a short cliff? What's going on? Well, I invite I, invite, I invited both of you to some leaving drinks that I'm having. I'm only inviting those that I really like, those I spend the time with most. Uh, and Dan, you're not coming, and Connie, you haven't bothered replying. So you know what? Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. There was I, I remember that. Um, no, yeah, it's one of those ones because we've got a couple of weeks until that's taking place. It's just seeing if anything else, pop, anything else pops up. Yeah, but... yeah, it's fine. It's not like it's not like I've done this for you know three years, four hundred odd episodes. And remember, fine, we are so oh, God. Remember, ah, um, if you would like to leave a speech at Mark's funeral, which will be the final episode of Baffled with him on. Open if you'd like to. Uh, yeah drop a eulogy slip a tenor in for me as well to pay for the wake um you can send out any words anything that he has taught you along the way uh, just info at baffledpod.com i'd love to yeah. hear from you it might it might help us how's get over the um very sad how's the how's the how's the uh, inbox getting on it must just be absolutely flooding oh overflowing if you if you try and send a oh. eulogy and it bounces back because the inbox is too full just keep trying you know, we're slowly clearing it down. Yeah, but, just keep oh, trying. Just it's oh, the same. It's, it's the same process. We do, in there. We do apologise. It's the exact same process we had with the badges. It's just, it just it's keep just, trying. Just You'll get there in the end. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to say? Hang on. Yeah. When you were interviewing forever, this new place is. Yeah. I'm annoyed that I wasn't put down as a referee, a reference, because then I could have revealed to them the bad. Well, this this is why I've I've hidden that away from them. I hope they never listen and actually hear my my true admin skills uh, when it comes to sending out badges. I don't think that's a big part of the new job, if I'm honest. I don't think sending out badges is a huge thing in the next job. But we never know. Maybe. Connor, give us your last fact of the show. I want to talk about bears. Bears don't pee, nor do they poo while hibernating. The waste is actually broken down into proteins. Mm. Those proteins are then used to preserve muscle and tissue during the long sleep. I thought, I came into the studio and I was like, I need a bit of a wee, but it's fine. I'll get through. Instead, you've brought two facts about peas and poos. Come on, Connor. I know, you're but that one, make, that one is on actually, me. you know, telling you, telling you you've got to put your lid down and, you know, flush that way is just a little bit of a tip of life. This one is impressive because we all know that feeling, don't we? When you're absolutely <coughs> busting for a wee, you're absolutely busting for a poo and you're like, oh, that pleasure at the end. Yeah, bears. I don't know if bears get the feeling. They probably do, but it kind of just goes during a long sleep and yeah, becomes protein, which actually helps them. I think that's pretty cool. It's not a big surprise because the point of hibernation is that they can conserve their energy. So there's not going to be a lot of wastage because they're using every little bit of energy they have to stay alive. So it makes perfect sense that they are converting all those pee and poo particles down to, you know, I thought this. build up they're their not during hibernation as well, you know, they're not waking up and having a, you know, double cheeseburger, large meal or a litre of coke, aren't they? They're hibernating. So therefore not much. The mystery of the IBS the solved. Yep. The mystery of the IBS solved right there. But uh, 
but yeah, it's just, it's clever how it then becomes, you know, a protein that goes to help with muscle and tissue. And, you know, again, science, something I can't explain, but something that actually there has blown my mind because it involves poo. Evolution working very well. I All I imagine is just this us. little poo going back inside and then dispersing into muscles. That's how my mind works. If it's a bear, it's not a little poo, is it? I wonder if that would work with us, if we could, you know, if you hold on so much and you keep, you know, holding and you've got well, it closed, you've pulled up the drawbridge, if, if that works. There is a uh, there is a rumor, well, not rumor, like a, a myth that apparently you don't hold a wee. When you need a wee, don't hold it. That can cause infection. But actually, when it, it comes out. to a number two, if you hold it, it's good. It's actually really, really good for digestion. It's good to like hold it a while instead of, you know, going straight away. Get it out. Quick question. Mm. Where are you hearing these rumors? What message boards are you on? No, I've actually read IBS that Weekly. In terms of there was a big article in it last time yeah. around. It, it, it is a thing. So if you hold a week and cause a bacteria infection or water infection, or, you know, it could be quite bad. But if you hold a poo, it can be quite good for you. Yeah, bad internally. for the prostate, isn't it? And you don't want to force yeah. that out, because that's bad for the just, old emeralds. Just, quick, just quickly say, that is not medical advice. Yeah, but it feels good, doesn't it, when you hold it for a while and you let it really brew until that point where you're like, ah, and then it just, you know, happens and you're like, oh, almost feels a little bit orgasmic. Well, we so spoke about that last, last, time, last time on the show, last week on the show. I wish there was a word that would describe that euphoria. Have you yet come Absolutely. up with a word no, that describes you... pooing and orgasming at the same time? I mean, well, no, I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's, not that. It's, um, you know, if you want a poo euphoria, it's poo-phoria, isn't it? Obviously. True, obviously. I, I do apologise as well for anybody that has... Because, mm. you know, if you have joined Baffled in the last, I don't know, maybe four or five episodes, what you've basically been given is one of us is leaving and all we've spoke about is <laughs> There is better mm. and it does get better, so we do apologise. Right, Mark, give us your last fact of the show. JFK ordered 1,200 Cuban cigars before making them illegal the next day. Yeah, that's good. That's what I'd do. You know, you hear these things about... Yeah, you know, parliamentary pardons. So when a president is leaving office, presidential pardons rather, when a president is leaving office, they tend to pardon loads of criminals, you know, or take them off death row and give them a short sentence and all of that. And there's tales and myths about some of the people that presidents maybe are pally with who they've given pardons to. So it means their crimes don't exist anymore. I, I would not, not that, but I do stuff like this cigar crap all the time. I, I, it's just so, and also then you've got the monopoly on it. Bam. You know, you know, a year later he could have then made, oh, when cigars then bootleg because mm. no one can get them, he's got the monopoly so he can give them out and make loads of money. Yeah. So this is during the uh, Cuban missile crisis and generally just kind of this whole point where, Cuba wasn't viewed on so nicely by America. So they put a huge trade embargo on that Cuban products were no longer allowed to be sold in the USA. JFK obviously knew that this was coming. So this bit of paper arrives on his desk and says, you need to sign this. This will ban Cuban products within the US. And he went, okay, I'll sign that tomorrow. Gave his, uh, his head of press a ring and said, hello there, Pierre. Can you please get me uh, a thousand Cuban cigars? Turns out the next morning was 1,200. And immediately signs a bit of paper. A few points. Mm, you see what it is. Yeah, I've got a few points too. Go ahead, Dan. I wonder why he's phoning his head of press. That's just one thing I'm curious about. And also, yeah. imagine Mark Connor having to do any illicit dealings ever with that little 
little snapshot, that little improvisation we just had. Absolutely not. Hello, Pierre. Yes, I would like 1,000 cigars, please, and thank you. Here is my PayPal account. Yeah, yeah. Here's my PayPal account, and here's my Xbox name in case you want to come on there and play with me. Thanks, Here Mark. is my gamer. Here is my gaming tag. Is that, is that not how it works? I'll be honest, it's a, it's a new world to no. me. I just guessed. I assumed I nailed it. I'm guessing not. Connor, what were your points? thinking, though, doesn't it? Well, my main point really is you forget that in terms of everything that happens in life that maybe, you know, government decided and things like that, they will know it's going to happen before it happens. And you forget that there is that process of, oh, this is coming up so they can kind of make the most of the thing or they can do a thing before the thing happens. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, the thing and the thing um, and the thing before the thing. Oh, yeah, of course, mate. The oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was succinct. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. But that's why you need them to be trustful, right? But I think particularly in America, to become president, you need, it sounds like two things. You need to know a lot of people to have a lot of contacts and you need a lot of cash. And are people who get into that position always, like I would imagine they're quite good at, you know, being a bit tricksy on occasion. So is that the best thing? I'm not sure. Right, last fact of the show. The official bird of Redondo Beach in California is the Goodyear blimp. It's a strong bird. It's one of my favourite birds. I'm always very good at spotting it. If it's there, I know it's that one. Well, the Goodyear blimp, Mark, I don't believe it's been really in circulation since 2017. Well, no, but I could. Well, I, 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 I am very good at telling you if it's a Goodyear blimp or a crow. No, I'm, I'm very good. Didn't we at that. have a? Uh, we have a fact similar to this about a blimp once that was really good? I remember that good blimp, good blimp facts. I believe we've brought. Basically, what you said oh, was, you remember do you remember the- we had a blimp fact that was good? Great, thanks, mate. That's useful. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, we had a good. And then you said, <laughs> I remember it. I don't remember what it was, but I remember we once had a good one. I think there are some actually. There are still some blimps knocking around. Uh, in 2019. The College Football Hall of Fame inducted the Goodyear Blimp as its first ever non-human inductee. I can't figure out why that's happening. And it's at every yeah, college football game. The, you is it get really? the aerial view from the Goodyear Blimp, yeah. Very famous. So they, uh, they must have quite a few. And you quite a view. in them. I mean, it's, it, it's a good thing to kind of say, you know, this was the days before drones, wasn't it? So to get that view, it was the famous view from above. The Goodyear Blimp. Everyone knows it. Everyone yeah. knows it. Um, the the only the corporate guests and members of the press are allowed on the Goodyear blimp. No public rides are allowed, and yeah, the city of Redondo Beach in California in 1983 near the Blimp Base Airport, they adopted Goodyear Airship Columbia as the official bird of Redondo Beach. Don't know how I feel about that. You know, I think it's too PR-y. This is the problem. And we spoke about communism, capitalism earlier to, earlier with It's a Wonderful Life. But having your state bird, your city bird, as a blimp sponsored by a company, I think is a bit iffy. Mm. Yeah. If they yeah. just went the right. blimp, it's different, isn't it? The Goodyear blimp is very specific. Financial, uh, the financial thoughts are coming. How much did that cost for that to happen? I wonder. It makes me wonder, and I think I might have asked this question before. Connor, did we want to have a chat about whether you would want to be sponsored by someone? And did you say Play-Doh, or am I making that up? Uh, no, that was the truth, Play-Doh, yep. How, how's the Play-Doh sponsorship going on? 
Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, really, really good in the last three years. Yeah, I've had lots and lots of play dough. Yeah, it's good. Well, I tell you what, now is a because you know when Mark leaves, I don't know. We're going to go on to bigger and better things. Uh, now is your chance to push for other sponsorships you might like, Connor. Any other brands you want to get involved in? Lego, bit of Playmobil, you know, all the all the all the kids' brands. Cheaper by the dozen, you know, the the makers of that film, they can sponsor me. Anything at all. Is that what's happened? Have you had a sponsorship to Disney Plus? Is that why you've dropped them in every every episode? Maybe. You never know. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Baffled. Well, what have we learned? Well, if your cat changes colour, you might need to run, run, run because there's radiation on the way. Also, Babylonians count, but they do it ridiculously. And the answer to the age-old question, does a bear crap in the woods uh, when they're hibernating? No, they don't. It turns into little poo protein particles. Thank you very much for listening. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See you next time. Right. I've got a cheaper by the dozen Christmas special to make. Only nine months to do it. Better get working. See you later. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.